Good morning and welcome to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. I apologize, first and foremost, for missing last week. Uh, I had attended a suicide prevention program and the chair I was sitting in collapsed. I landed flat on my back on the back of cold concrete. Um, that started the ball rolling. Uh, went to the ER and um, I was down just flat on my back. Next thing I find out is I have pneumonia which I didn't know I had. So it, it ended up being a week that I just it could not uh, possibly um, hit the broadcast. Um, I'm, I'm kind of without words. Uh, I got to where I could not speak at all. Uh, I was so short of breath because of the pneumonia. The pain in my back was so strong. And uh, I just, I just, I had a bad week, folks. <laughs> so please. Forgive me, uh, pray for me. Uh, I'm on the I'm on the mend. So praise Jesus. I'm on the mend. I wanted to begin this morning with this prayer because I believe that it's it, it, it's time in this country when we come together and we become overcomers for Christ, overcoming this feeling that we have that America is lost, overcoming this feeling of rejection um, by those around us. More and more in my counseling, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing the government has rejected us, um, you know, the powers to be, all these things. And I must remind us this morning, we're not a part of this world. We are in this world, but we are not to be a part of this world. Let's pray. You know, in my heart, I set Christ apart as holy. And we should acknowledge him. We should acknowledge him as our Lord and our Savior. I am always ready to give a, a logical defense to anyone who asks me to account for the hope that is within my heart. But I do it courteously and respectfully. I purpose to see it to it that my conscience is entirely clear, unimpaired, so that when I am falsely accused as, an, as someone who's done evil to the church, and you know what I'm talking about, the gossip that goes around, those who threaten me abusively and revile my right behavior in Christ may come to be ashamed of slandering the good life that we have with Christ. I'm sure many of you have gone through the same tribulation as I do. Well, there's a wonderful joy ahead for you and I as Christians, even though the going is rough for a while down here on this earth right now, especially these trials are only to test our faith to see whether it is strong and, and whether it's pure. It's being tested as a fire tests gold and purifies it. And our faith is far more precious to you and I, to the Lord, than mere gold. So if our faith remains strong after being tried in this test tube of fiery trials, it will bring us so much praise and glory and honor on the day that Jesus Christ returns to you and I here in spite of the rejection that I've experienced, I declare that everything that 
Christ says is true. And I declare that everything that those that gossip about our church and about me and this broadcast is a lie, spun in the pits of hell. I'm going to give you some scriptures out of the book of Ephesians. I am blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, Ephesians 1 and 3. I am chosen by you, my Father, Ephesians 1 and 4. I am holy and without blame, Ephesians 1 and 4. I am your child according to the good pleasure of your will, Ephesians 1 and 5. I am accepted in the beloved, Ephesians 1 and 6. I am redeemed through the blood of Jesus, Ephesians 1 and 7. I am a person of wisdom and prudence, Ephesians 1 and 8. I am an heir, Ephesians 1 and 11. I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ, Ephesians 1 and 17. I am saved by your grace, Ephesians 2 and 5. I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2 and 6. I am a workmanship, Ephesians 2.10. I am near to you by the blood of Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2 and 13. These references go on. I am a new creation. I am in your household. I am the citizen of heaven. I am a partaker of the promises of Christ. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. I am strengthened and mighty by your spirit, Ephesians 3.16. I allow Christ to dwell in my heart by faith. Ephesians 3.17 I am rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus. Ephesians 3.17 If you get a chance, read the book of Ephesians. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today speaking only truth, speaking your words, Lord, from the Word of God. And we ask, Lord God, that you would be with us as we speak today out of 1 John chapter 5, 1 through 5. 1 John chapter 5, 1 through 5. Lord God, we speak of becoming an overcomer. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, before I go further, I want to give you a report on Sister Rosie. Sister Rosie, you recall, I asked the prayer partners all around the world to pray for. We laid hands upon her at the altar of God. She had a very large mass in the left lung and they didn't give her much time to live. Well, she went back to the to the cancer doctor and they spoke to her and said, the mass is still there, but it's totally arrested. The cancer is stopped. Praise Jesus. Praise God. Now they're going to do a little radiation around the edges of it, but they're telling her that the cancer has stopped. And I just glorify God. I glorify our Heavenly Father for the healing that Christ has performed on her life. We need to give God praise. Lift your hands to heaven and just, just thank God for his healing hands. On all those, we've had such a wonderful report this week. Uh, Sister Judy's uh, family are all doing well. Uh, Brother Al's uh, daughter is receiving her chemo. Everyone is doing well in Jesus' mighty name. Keep praying. Keep praying. In 1 John chapter 5, 1 through 5, it says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that begat, loveth him also, that is begotten of him. 
By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Say that with me. For whosoever, or excuse me, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This passage brings home to us a very important encouragement to those who are saints of God, to those who are saints of God. The saint literally is an overcomer, and this needs to be constantly reiterated. The world and the devil hate what a spirit stands for. The word Christian was initially used by the pagans in a very uh, derisive term, but when one looks at the Bible concerning what saints is it opens up a whole new understanding of where our place in God really is. Now, I'm not going to be able to type out all these scriptures uh, on the header of this uh, lesson. So I'm going to ask you to grab a piece of paper and a pencil and write these down for this study. Well, I grab a drink of water because it's going to take a lot of air <laughs> and I'm short of air right now. Grab a pencil and paper, and let's get started. So this tells us who Christians really are. What is saint of God? What is a saint of God? Who are these? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7, chapter 2, verse 10, and 1 Timothy 6, 2, it says we are the believers. We are the believers in God. Christians, in Acts chapter 11, verse 26, 26, chapter 26 and 28, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16, it talks about who Christians really are. Matthew 18, verse 3, Ephesians 5 and 1, and 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14, talks about the children of God. Again, the children of God in John chapter 1, verse 12, Romans 8, 16, Philippians 2, 15. And 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. We're also referred to as the children of light in Ephesians 5 and 8, Luke 16, verse 8. The children of promise in Galatians 4 and 28. We're referred to as the sons of the day, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5. The sons of the kingdom, Matthew 13, 38. Friends of Jesus Christ, John 15, 15, James 2 and 23. And we, are t we talked about being the brethren, the brethren. Matthew 28, 10, Acts 1, 15, 11, 1, 14, 2, 16, 2, 28, 14, Romans 8, 29, 1 Corinthians 8, 12, 15, 16, Galatians 1 and 2, Philippians 4, 21, Colossians 1, 2, and 1 Thessalonians 4 and 9, and I can go on and on and on with that one. So there's a lot that describes who we are. We've been described as saints in Acts 9.13, 9.32, 9.41, 26.10, Romans 1.7, 12.13, 1 Corinthians 1 and 2, 2 Corinthians 1 and 1, Ephesians 1 and 1, 3 and 8, Philippians 1 and 1. We're the soldiers of God, the witnesses, Hebrews 12 and 1, stewards of God's kingdom in 1, 1 Peter 
4 and 10. Fellow citizens, lights of the world, the elect, the chosen, the called, the ambassadors of Christ, the heirs and co-heirs, branches in the vine, members of the body of Christ, living stones, the beloved of God. Followers of Christ, sons of Abraham, disciples, letters of Christ, servants of Christ, the godly, the people of God, the royal priesthood, the salt of the earth, vessels for honor, the righteous, strangers and aliens, members of the household of God in Ephesians 2 and 19. Now I've ran by a whole lot of scriptures and all those that I just read off had many scriptures to go with them as well. So he is triumphant and, preser and, and preserving. Every struggle that the saint battles is not of his own making. It is sinister plot of the devil to thwart and discourage at every point along the way. In Ephesians 6 and 10, and 18, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, 6, it says, The greatest level of the spiritual warfare is in, entirely aimed at the mind in hopes that the devil can skew the thinking which affects the saint in making decisions concerning spiritual matters. But in the end, the saint of God will be an overcomer. Let me say that again. But in the end, the saint of God will become an overcomer for Christ. An overcomer is one who does not belong to this world. Remember what I said, we are in the world, but not part of it. John struggled with the mindset of those who, to whom he was writing this to because they could not relate to those ideas of being someone who did not belong to this world. They lived under confined thinking of the Greeks. They could not grasp the idea of being an overcomer. In Greek mythology, the villains were always larger than life and bigger than any good. Their belief held that nothing human could be an overcomer. It was, it was only the gods who could overcome, and even some of them were not so grand. So when John insists that a saint has overcome the evil one, the death, the death, the law, the judgment, the grave, the ignorance, and the world, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5, it is, was difficult for some of those saints to really grasp that. Even presently, all of the things exist that we overcome because of the poor, or because of the power of the Spirit of God. So, what are the marks of an overcomer? What are the marks of an overcomer? John will now embark on this passage to show the marks of an overcomer. A couple of the words that might be used interchangeably with overcomer are victors and winners. So, I want you to pay attention to that. The Greek word for overcomer is nikaio, nikaio. It's spelled in, in Greek, V-L-K, A with a slash, W, nikaio. This word appears frequently in the writings of John. In the New Testament, it is used 28 times and 24 times. It is specific to the writings of John. Thayer's lexicon gives the following definition to, the, to conquer to carry off the victory or to come off victorious. Of Christ, it indicates that he is the victorious over all his foes. Of Christian, it means that they hold fast their faith even unto the death against the power of their foes and temptations and persecutions. In our times, an athlete brand, Nike, has brought into its meaning of victory. The Grecians had a go goddess named Nike who aided Zeus in his battle against the Titans. Consider that John was taking a turn 
using a pagan background to give the saints the idea of their invincibility because of the work of the Spirit in their lives. Now, in, in the book of John, not 1 John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the book of John 16.33, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. It's written in red. And if it's written in red, Jesus said. Jesus used this word to speak of his own victory over the world of Satan and the, and the dynamic. The saint of God can take great cheer in the fact that because of this evil system has overcome, we can do it also. Paul took this to a greater level in the following passage in Scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, but thanks be to God. Say that with me. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, my friend, you have victory. You are an overcomer. You just have to claim that in Jesus' name. You have to claim it in Jesus' name. Paul was staring, <coughs> stating that we have been made super conquerors. Say it with me. Super conquerors through Jesus Christ who loved us and gave his life for you and I. To what effect have we been made super conquerors? <coughs> Allow a couple of passages of scripture to give us the answer. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Romans 8, 38. Romans 8, 38. I'll give you a second to get there. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? You can be an overcomer. Don't let nothing separate you from God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54 and 57. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immorality, immortality, excuse me, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory to our Lord Jesus Christ. There's much confidence in God and his power can be taken in the understanding of these simple passages of, of word. Even though it is simple in a very straightforward way, the devil will do everything within his power to get us to doubt these great promises of scripture. The devil routinely works to make simple spiritual truths to become muddied and complex in our heart, which causes our faith to waver. Having an understanding of this places an, an important priority on our relationship with scripture and our treasuring of it. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, 4, and 5, it speaks of the overcomer is one who believes. An overcomer is one who believes. Are you that overcomer? Are you that one who believes? 
in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. There will be an ongoing belief in Jesus Christ. The faith and desire that a saint of God has it literally a, a deposit from God into his soul. This faith that has been placed within us at the new birth in John chapter 3, verse 3 and 5, Acts chapter 2, verse 3, 38, and Romans 8, 1 through 10, causes us to overcome the world. The one thing that we must have victory over is the world because the world is completely filled, filled with suffering, disease, corruption, death, hate, bitterness, immorality, wickedness, drunkenness, envy, murder, war, arguments, backbiters, pride, arrogance, pain, hurt, selflessness, greed. And it goes on and on and on. The list could literally be endless. And yet, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ at Calvary, the saint is made an overcomer of all these things. To be a re recipient of all of these benefits should foster a desire for all men and women to come to a place of spiritual transformation through a new birth. This should be the very driving force behind every ambition of life to be saved, to be filled with the Spirit of God. Instead, there are many who have determined to drink and lesser substitutes and alloys for worldly life. He is born of God, spiritually born of God. It is his faith that overcomes the world. What does that mean? It means that God gives the believer victory over all the trials and temptations of life. John 16, verse 33, 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, 2 Timothy 4 and 18. It means that God gives the believer a victory over all the forces and difficulties of his life. Romans 8 and 35, 37 and 39, 2 Corinthians 2 and 14. It means that God gives the believer a victory over sin, Romans 6, 6 and 8. 6, 11, 14, 6, and 22. It means that God gives the believer victory over death. John 5, 24, Hebrews 2, 14, and 15. It means that God gives the believer victory over judgment. John 3, 16, and 18, Romans 5, 8, and 10. It means that God gives the believer victory over fear and, and, and despair and fills him with a love, a joy, and a peace. In John chapter 14, verse 27, 16, and 33, Romans 5, and 10. It means that God gives the believer victory over Satan and all other spiritual forces, all his principalities, all his dynamic forces. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, it says, The overcomer is the one who loves God. I asked that question this morning. Are you that overcomer? Do you truly love God? Then it's time that we begin to act like we love God and overcome this world. In 1 John chapter 5, 1 and 2, Whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, that begot loveth him also, that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, 
when we love God and keep his commandments. An overcomer will love God and love those that love that, that God loves. The new birth brings a man into the love relationship with God. A man or woman who truly loves God and finds that love of God is within them will overcome the world. First John chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because the darkness hath blinded his eyes. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not, is not of God neither he that loveth not his brother. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels and compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for the love of, is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. 1 John 4.21, And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. We're not seeing that in the world today, are we? We're certainly not seeing Christian love. The more we love someone, the greater our desire to do good for them. <coughs> A man who loves will be conscious, consumed, in doing these things. Love creates a hunger for fellowship. It is in fact that if going to church, giving oneself to prayer, hungering for heartfelt worship, fellowship, desiring the word of God, longing to see God do many mighty things, both in salvation and in healing, are tasks that one finds hard to do these are probably indicators that one is lost. On the other hand, a desire for spiritual growth and hunger for knowing God is also the indicator of where people are in their relationship to God. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. True faith, a true faith always produces love which will in turn produce obedience, faith, love, obedience are all factors that work together that move a saint towards a greater degree of perfection. True love rushes to the will of one who is in need. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 2, by this we know that we, are, we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. In verse 2, the word keep is from the Greek word tiro which indicates to guard from loss or injury. That is spelled T-N-P-E-W, tiro, which indicates to guard from loss or injury. Although the same word is used in 5 and 3, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, it is used with a different sense of meaning in verse 2. The implication in its action is in verse 3, the sense it is, it is a described attitude, an attitude of love. John 14, verse 15, the King James Version says, If we love 
If ye love me, keep my commandments. If ye love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 21, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. The equivalent is that sustained love will lead to a sustained obedience. As a saint matures into the life of an overcomer, he or she will find that the love he or she has for God is going to be marked by motivating love that seeks to accomplish the will of God in their lives. Deuteronomy chapter 13, 4, write it down. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 4. Ye shall walk after the Lord our, your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. Ezekiel 12, 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, fear God, and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of mankind. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as it is obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than a sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of the rams. So the commandment of the Lord are not burdensome, and we should not have a reluctance to want to do the will of God in our lives. Obedience comes from the heart, Romans 6 and 17, and the saint will find that he is not forced to do the will of God because of motivation, motivating love, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2. If there is not an inner desire to serve God out of love for him, in the long run, this man or woman will not stand the test of time. So, in other words, grudging obedience is not conduct, uh, conducive to our relationship with God. Note David's attitude in Psalms 119 concerning love and obedience. Psalms 119 verse 14, I have rejoiced in the way of thine testimonies as much as it all riches. Psalms 119.16, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. In great contrast to what David states about the ways of the laws of God, our society has determined to do the same, uh, everything possible to sanitize righteousness from the public life. God's ways and man's ways clash in such a manner that sinful men will go to great lengths to remove God from their world. Consider any form of worldly entertain, entertainment and majority of it will seek to uh, popularize the thing that uh, opposes the laws of God. Love is more than an emotion feeling. It is an act of the will, but it is never grievous. All of God's laws are for our benefit. In Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, but my burden is light. The overcomer is one who is victorious. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith, who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Coming to the conclusion, 
of the matter of this passage is to helpful look at what John wrote in Revelations 2 and 3 concerning the seven churches of Asia. At the end of each church that was addressed, it was easily clearly described that no matter what type of spiritual environment, that there will be overcomers in the midst of it. The inference is that just because there may be attendance in the church, this is not necessarily a sign that one is even saved, much less living the fulfilling the role of the overcomer. It is imperative for us to uh, to daily examine our relationship with God in the light of his requirements and not of our own feelings. This is important. It's important what he wrote to each church. So the first church he wrote in Revelations 2 and 7, King James Version, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. The promise to the overcomer was the tree of life in heaven. This will be much more than the, than the tree of life in Eden. The tree of life symbolizes eternal life. Therefore, the promise to the overcomer is eternal life in heaven. To the second church, Smyrna, he writes in Revelations 2 and 11, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. The promise to the overcomer is that he will not be hurt by the second death. The first death is a physical and the second death is spiritual. It is also an eternal death. The overcomer will not die spiritually or eternally in Revelations 20 and 6. In the first resurrection, Jesus Christ experienced the first fruits of death for man and overcame death, hell, and the grave. To the third church in Pergamos, Revelations 2 and 17, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him the white stone, and in the stone new name written upon it, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth. The promise to the overcomer is a reward of hidden manna and a white stone. Those who hold fast to his name will experience the hidden manna. There was a, a pot of manna in the Ark of the Covenant, and it was placed in the tabernacle. This is the reference to all that is in Christ. The overcomer will have it given to him for overcoming. In John chapter 6, verse 31 through 35, our father did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave not only not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he that cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, even more give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that giveth, cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Once a saint gains entrance into heaven, there will be a full reality of what Jesus Christ really means to us. Presently in our relationship with God, we only have a part, just a small part of the benefits that come from being a saint of God. But when heaven is finally gained, there will be an opening of this relationship that will be from another world, a supernatural world, a supernatural God. This is why the devil works so diligently in an effort to skew our thoughts about what heaven is really going to be like. If he can make it seem as if there will be only floating on clouds, playing harps, he uses this very weak analogy to appeal to the flesh and say that such a place will be forever boring. 
and not worth really living for. Nothing could be further from the truth. There is still much about heaven that is hidden for the overcomer will gain access to. John also mentioned the white stone will be given to the overcomer. This is a diamond that will be presented in the ancient times and athletic events. The winner would be given a diamond that would allow him access to places all over the nation for rites and celebration of the winner's achievement. The crystal gem was the only thing that would admit a winner into the place of the other winners. Furthermore, John mentions a new name that will be given to the overcomer. It will be engraved on the stone by God. No one can know this name but God, and it will be specific to the man or woman who is presented with the stone. Apparently, heaven is going to be more than just a large area where a mass of perfect spiritual beings are present with God. The mention of this stone with that name engraved on it gives some determination that heaven will be a place that past victories will be celebrated continuously throughout eternity. It will be an incredible society of individual identities that God will honor forever. The overcomer will be given a white garment. Revelations 3, 5. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in a white raiment, and I will blot out his name or her name out of the book of life, but I will confess that name before my father and before his angels. The overcomer will be given that white raiment. There are some in the Sardis who allow this garment to become spoiled by world, but not those who are overcomers. Their attire will be a symbol of righteousness, purity, wholeness, and the glory of God that surrounds them. It is a reflection of the righteousness of Jesus Christ that was impugned to the saint of God. The overcomer not only receives honor, but receives the security that will never be removed. In John's time, the citizen would often have their names placed on rolls, and if a crime was committed, they would have their names removed. However, as persecution escalated, the Christians would have their names removed from the rolls <coughs> Excuse me, of the cities because they were in the category of the vilest criminals. What is that treatment? Are we willing to endure this kind of stigma in our times and be placed in a category with the dregs of society because of our beliefs? It's happening today. In Revelations 3 and 12, him that overcomes, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. To the church of Laodicea in Revelations 3.21, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne room, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. Before looking at the overcomer that is mentioned in Laodicea, Notice the escalation of what has occurred with the overcomers in these two chapters in Revelations. They got eternal life, a paradise with God, never to be hurt by the second death, a full fellowship with the bread of Jesus Christ, a crystal diamond that admits one into the celebration in heaven, a personal name that God has specific, specified for each overcomer, a return to earth to rule in the place of delegated authority, wearing a white garment that symbolized worthiness and righteousness, a name that will never be erased from the book of life, a pillar in the temple of God with his name on it or her name on it, never having to run from heaven in fear, a name literally written into the, into the being of the overcomer. All of this, all of this 
will be given to the overcomer. But now, it seems to be marked of a pinnacle and the overcomer will rule of the throne of Christ. It is doubtful that heaven is going to be a place where one looks around to see who is there or who is not there, but rather heaven is going to be a place that the overcomer will have to consider for a long, long time. What am I doing here? Not a one of the saints have a real right to claim heaven as their own, but it is simply a culmination of their work of the Spirit and of the grace of God that has gained them access to this heavenly place. Jesus Christ will put us in a place of complete authority at the end. Therefore, it is imperative that every single believer, every single child of God, make sure that we endure until the end. I ask that you continue to pray. For this. Okay, this is not your computer messing up. It's my computer messing up. It, it just goes off and, and finishes up way prematurely. So I'm going to shut it down right now. I'll, I hope you enjoyed today's message, what we could get out of it. Um, it doesn't seem to be working properly on my computer today. Maybe the Internet suddenly has been having trouble. So with that, may the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you. Please continue to play, pray for our ministry here on spiritual awareness. Uh, pray for, for um, all those that we've sought prayer for. And pray for yourselves that, that you too can become an overcomer for God. Bless you all. Peace. In Jesus' name. Amen.